0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is such a privilege for me to stand here. I, you know, I'm so grateful for our pastor, uh, Pastor Tim Ingram. Uh, I, I love how he leads. And some of you know this. I was a pastor for over 35 years and a doing ministry for over 40. But I love our pastor. In fact, there are very few people, and I told him this I said, I don't know of very many pastors that I would be willing to prayerfully consider making a geographical move in the midst of a global pandemic to come be a part of what God was doing here. But that's exactly what we did. That's exactly what we did. So I'm so glad you're here, High Ridge family. Welcome to everyone who's tuning in online. And I'm excited about a message uh, that I want to bring to you today. Now, let's just dive in, shall we? At the risk of sounding like an old motel advertising that we have refrigerated air, some of you remember that, we have internet in our home. I know, right? What can I say? We're trendsetters. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, though, we recently changed internet providers. How many of you have had this experience? Yeah, when you change your internet provider, what do you have to do? Now you've got to reconnect everything, right? Things that were on the old wireless network or whatever, how you were connected. Now you've got to change everything. Well, in our house, Deborah and I both work from home. By the way, hi, Deb. That's my wife uh, sitting down here. I love her. And uh, yeah, most of you probably know her better than you know me, right? So, because she's the personable one and I'm like lurking somewhere in the back. But here's the thing. She has, she works for a global technology company, right? So we have some devices in our home that enable us, her to work from home that have to be connected to the internet. So when we go through some type of a change and we have to start going through that process, the most commonly heard thing during that little moment or season is, are you connected? All right, and usually it's like, no. Then something, I'll fiddle with something, unplug something, put something somewhere else. How about now? No. But we stay with it because it's important for us to have that connection for us to be able to do our job. And it is frustrating sometimes when we have to check connections. But I want to read a passage of Scripture. I've titled the message today, Check Your Connection. And I'm going to share with you three vital connections that we need to all check today. Okay? Are you with me? All right, let's read the Scripture. First Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 12. Here's what it says. Coming to him as to a living stone, talking about Jesus as a living stone, rejected indeed by men but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, precious And he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Peter is quoting Isaiah 28 here. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble being disobedient to the word to which they also were appointed. But you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Anybody grateful for that statement right there can identify with that. Now, this next part is very important. Beloved, I beg you. This is strong language coming from Peter, the apostle. I beg you as sojourners, in other words, travelers, people passing through, and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against your soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, that could never happen, Right? little tongue-in-cheek there. Hope you got that. When they speak against you as evildoers, you could argue with them on social media. (laughs) You could get into a lengthy diatribe with someone you do not know. Nope, it's not what it says. Here's what it says. So when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works, which they observe... Glorify God in the day of visitation. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your word. Thank you that we have the Holy Spirit today to be our teacher, our guide, our instructor in all truth. This is what you told us your Holy Spirit would do. So, Lord, we invite the Holy Spirit today to open our hearts, to open up our minds, and to speak to us personally today about what you want us to hear from this passage of scripture, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. This scripture that we read today identifies three very important connections, and here is the first one, and it is extremely important. That is our connection to Jesus. Now, it's important that we talk about this because Peter describes our connection to Jesus as him as a cornerstone. Now in building, when you're building a stone building, the first stone set is the cornerstone. And every other stone that's going to be put in position must be rightly aligned and in tune with that stone. It sets for everything. And Peter says, Jesus is that cornerstone. And our connection to him as living stones is that we recognize he is who we must come into alignment with and he is the one that's going to help us know our place, our purpose, our position in life based upon our connection to him. Jesus described this connection this way, John fifteen five. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Now, don't miss this part. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, sometimes we'll read over a scripture, and I remember one day I was just reading this, and I felt impressed the Lord to read it again and again. I'm like, what? And it was as if the question, what does nothing mean? And I went, nothing. He said, exactly. What you need to hear is read this way. Without me, you can do No thing. I love how the Lord speaks to us in our hearts and the ways that we understand. You know, because a lot of times what I hear when I'm asking God direction or guidance is like, Bill, stop it. Yeah, But I I hear that, right? So I get that. That's how I hear. And God will speak to you how you hear and understand. So this, this was significant to me. Without you, you can do no thing. Basically, Jesus is saying your connection to me is essential for life. It's required for growth, and it's necessary for fulfilling your created purpose. And disconnection from me will cause all of that to be wasted. I'm the vine. You're the branches. Let me make this statement. I wrote it down this way. Relationship with Jesus is about connection rather than proximity. Think about this. Think about it. It's not about just saying, well, I'm kind of close to Jesus. I mean, I know some people who know Jesus. I'm pretty sure my mama knew Jesus. I remember when she was correcting me, she said, dear Jesus, don't let me kill this boy. I think my mom actually said that once. I'm not sure. Here's the the reality. It's not about proximity. It's not about how close you can kind of sneak up and get by. You know, there were a lot of people that were in the crowd. Do you remember the story in Scripture of the woman who had the issue that she needed healing, the issue of blood? And there was people all around Jesus, pressed around him, and she just kept reaching, and she kept reaching until she touched him. the Bible says that Jesus immediately became aware that the Scripture says virtue went out from him, healing power went out from him. And he turned around and said, who touched me? And his disciples looked at him like, are you crazy? What do you mean, who touched you? There's hundreds of people around here. Everybody's touching you. But what he meant was, who touched me in faith? Who connected with me just now? See, it's not about proximity. She knew it. It wasn't about how close can I get. She knew, i got to touch him. I've got to make connection with him. And it's important that we recognize that. You know, in my house, we have a, a device called a wireless router. Anybody got one of those? Yeah, I told you, we're trendsetters. We, we have the most up-to-date things. Now, the thing about this wireless router, though, that I could take my device, this iPad, and if we, like we just did this, we just changed our provider, and we now had a different router, and I could walk into that area, and I could set this iPad right on top of that router and say, work, and it won't. It doesn't matter how close to the router, I get it, until I tell it to directly connect to that source, it ain't happening, right? That's a perfect old guy description of the internet. You're welcome. (laughs) So here's the bottom line. It is not enough. It is not enough to just be close. There has to be a personal connection, a moment when you said nothing else will do. A moment when you said, I must touch him. I got to connect to him. Where you said, I am going to surrender my life to him. And I'm going to come into a relationship with him that will forever change me. And friend, you need to check that connection today. Because it's not just about that. It's also about our alignment. This is a big deal. As the vine, we are dependent on him for life, growth, and fruitfulness. Here's, listen to this. I love this. I wrote this out this way. Our potential, because we're connected to the vine, our potential is no longer based on what we see in ourselves. Come on, that's, that's good news for some of us right now. That's good news for somebody watching right now online. Our potential is no longer based on what we see in ourselves. It is now based on what he sees in us. And he invites us to be better. He invites us to be better. You know, this whole thing about potential, people have had this weird relationship with the word potential. I mean, I, I have had a weird relationship with the word potential. It's kind of this two-edged sword. You either go, yay, I've got potential, or ooh, I'm not meaning my potential. Most of the time, it, we, we mess up because we use the word potential as a measurement, Right? It's something we're either living up to or we're not living up to, or it's a threshold that once you reach it, you can't go any further, and and it's a measurement. But I want to tell you, the best understanding of potential, especially in our relationship with Jesus, it's not a measurement, it's an invitation to be better. Potential is an invitation to be better. It's not something I have to be measured by. I don't know about you, that flipped something inside of me when I began to see it that way. That became an encouraging word to me instead of a discouraging word. Maybe you had a teacher or or some other person in authority in your life tell you you weren't living up to your potential. Oh, you had such great potential. You're just not fulfilling your potential. And it's a measurement that's been put on you. We want to break it off today. No, no, no. In Jesus, when we're connected to him, our potential is now based on what he sees in us And he calls us and invites us to be better. I think that's better than you heard it. I'm not sure. (laughs) I kind of think it is. Here's the thing about our alignment with him as the cornerstone. Listen to how I wrote it this way. Our position and purpose is determined by our alignment with him as the chief cornerstone. So he's not just a vine we connect with. He is the guide that we align with. We need to check that connection this morning. It's it's not about proximity. It's not about how close you are to others who know. Well, my mama was a Christian. That's great. I'll tell you, my great uncle so-and-so, cousins, brothers, sisters, aunts, nephew, was a great Christian, and I've been to a few family reunions with them. Okay? Doesn't matter. It's about a personal connection with Jesus. Here's the second really important connection that I need you to look at that's brought up in this scripture, and that is our connection with other believers. The scripture tells us that we read that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. He's a living stone, but He's been set as the guide for us to be aligned with. And then it says, We, all of us who have this connection with Jesus, are like living stones, that we're coming together. We're being built like a spiritual house so that we can do spiritual stuff like give thanks to God and offer spiritual sacrifices and his, he comes and abides with us here. It's important. It's important that we understand that our connection with each other really matters. And I'm gonna tell you one of the great schemes and it's, it's playing out all across our culture even, not just in the church, Disconnection. Disconnection. If we can disconnect people, things will go differently. And in the church, when we become disconnected, it affects our ability to fulfill our purpose. It affects our ability to make the difference and the impact in the community in which the Lord has placed us. Here's what the scripture says in Ephesians 4, verses 1 through 6. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, this is the Apostle Paul writing, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness. And this gets uncomfortable. Hang in there. With long-suffering. I don't even like that word. Bearing one another in love. (sighs) I don't know. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. You know what endeavor means? Work. Work. You want to know what the trouble is, the hardship, what makes, makes relationships difficult? They involve people. <laughs> and people can be difficult. Can you believe? Now, I'm sure you have this. Uh, it's just hard for you to think. Do you know there are people who, for whatever reason, don't like me? (laughs) I know, right? That's crazy. There are people who who don't necessarily like me. There are people who who are not wired exactly like me, their personalities are a little different. So, connecting with them is effort. But I want to tell you, it's worth the effort. It's worth the effort. When we understand the rest of what this scripture says, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. Understanding that we are members of one body, members of one family, members of a team that's united in one purpose, causes us to have value on these relationships that exist here. And let me just put it to you this way. We guard what we value. It's important for us to check our connection with other believers today because the enemy would love nothing better than to separate and distract us. He would love to crack the mortar between us as living stones so that we can't be connected in the way that God intended. And we let such petty stuff do that to us. It's like, can you? So and so didn't even smile to me this morning when he walked in the door. In fact, they looked completely the other way. I have decided they hate me. And I now must therefore seek another church. You laugh. I told you, I've pastored a long time. I've heard that argument. I've heard that argument. We let such petty things mess with us. But here's the other thing, guys. You've got to understand, it, it's work. Because people do stuff. People don't see things exactly the same. But it's worth endeavoring. It's worth the work, the energy, when we understand the value and what's at stake if we don't. You know, I know you're wondering. Maybe you're not. Yeah. Kind of wondering. Not going to throw it at you. That's a brick. For our online friends. It's a brick. It's an actual brick. And the thing about bricks is that they have individual worth. I think the going rate right now, I consulted with my good friend, Ben Shelton, and he confirmed that the going value of this brick is about 50 cents. But it has individual worth. Here's the other thing. It has individual strength. It's got some strength. I can't break it. It'd be be hilarious, wouldn't it, if that thing just snapped? (laughs) It's not happening. It's not happening. It has individual strength. And you know what? It can make an impact on its environment. If I were to just randomly toss it to you, people would probably scatter that's an impact. Yep. So it's—I mean—you do anything with this. You throw it a, a skunk that came in the yard, just scare it off. It make an impact, right, by itself. We all have individual worth. We all have individual strength, and we all have an individual ability to make an impact on our environment. But what happens when you take a bunch of these? and you rightly relate them together according to a plan, something happens. Every brick in that structure is doing two things. It's giving and it's receiving. It's giving strength to all the bricks around it, and it's receiving bricks strength from the bricks around it. It's important that we understand that our connection to one another, there are seasons where, where people get stuck just taking, just just receiving. And there are seasons that, that some of us all we're doing is giving. We're not receiving. That's not healthy. When we are properly aligned and we guard the unity together, then what happens is our relationships are adding strength, and we're giving strength to them as well. That's the amazing thing. So our individual worth, our individual strength, and our individual ability to make an impact is exponentially increased when we are rightly connected to one another. When we're rightly connected to one another. It's important. It's important. We have to value it. But it also means that we're not just going to guard unity. Some people, it's not that they aren't willing to acknowledge other people's importance. We just live in isolation. We think we're lone wolves. It's kind of a thing, right? You know, when when we were told we couldn't go outside and stuff last year, the global pandemic, everybody's going to have work from home. Can't go out to these places. I have to be honest. I said, I have been training for this my entire life. <laughs> I am prepared to stay home and avoid others. I'm prepared. <laughs> I am prepared. Now, my wife is here. Most of you know her probably from greeting and different things, but you might not have seen a lot of me. You know why? I, people are work. No, that's not why. I'm doing other things behind the scenes. But the truth is, We can fall prey to isolation, and we mustn't. Here's why. Without connection with each other, we become easy targets for distraction, easy targets for discouragement, and easy targets for derailment when it comes to purpose. You know, predators always go after the straggler. Always. It's ingrained in the predator not to jump in the middle of the herd. They're looking for those off to themselves. Isolation is a dangerous thing. You know, recently, we purchased a set of patio furniture. And um, it was a small sofa, two chairs, and a table with a glass top. It arrived in two boxes that were about this wide. Now, immediately, being the brilliant mind that I am, I deduced some assembly is required. Now, I don't know about you, but that does not excite me. And if I never go into another Ikea store the rest of my life, I'm fine. I'm fine. I don't want to assemble it. If I go to the trouble of paying for it, it should probably show up ready for me to use. That's just my brain. Other people probably really enjoy this, and I'm sorry. Some assembly is required. It's important that you understand that as it relates to us as living stones, some assembly is required. Otherwise, we're like a Lego set that we bought of the Star Wars Millennium Falcon. We bought the Lego set, and all the pieces are in there. They're all gathered, but they're not assembled. And because they're not assembled, they don't resemble the picture on the box. And God forbid one of them gets loose in the middle of the night and finds the bottom of your foot. Legos are bad news in that regard. Well, we've got to work at it. It's important. How do we do that here? Hey, groups. Get in a group. It's important that we find that connection with each other. Here's the third and final connection I want to talk to you about today, and that is this, our connection to the world. Wait, 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 Bill. I've been to Sunday school twice or three times. I've heard this my whole life come out from among them and be ye separate. Love not the world, neither the things that are in this world. That's right. You know what? That is true. It's what it says, but do you know what it means? That's an important distinction. It's one thing to know what it says. It's something else to know what it means. Because Jesus told us that we were here in this world to be salt and to be light. To bring to our culture, to to our world, bring to it a, a thirst for God, a preserving agent to the culture and a healing property, which is all things salt does. He said, you're light." to illumine the path for people to find their way to God. He, even in his prayer in John 17, he's very specific. He says, I'm not asking you, Father, to take them out of the world. I'm asking you to protect them from it. Here's the thing. We were not brought into connection with Jesus and into each other to just disconnect from our world and our culture. To do so would be to violate the very mission of Jesus. Jesus the very mission of Jesus. The the thing is this, how are we connecting? How are we connecting? See, coming out and being separate means that we're separate from the world in the way we make our decisions, in what we choose to value, and the purpose that we tend to give our lives to. That is separate. It's different from what the world does. Let me read you verse 12 from the message because it's important. Live an exemplary life among the natives so that your actions will refute their prejudices. Then they'll be won over to God's side and be there to join in the celebration when He arrives. Here's the bottom line how we live and behave towards those who are not believers matters. How we act, how we behave, how we live our lives, and how we interact with them is important. Our connection to this world is intended to give them a taste of who God is. We have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It's not so that you can enjoy it. It's for others. I want to write that down. I'm going to write that down. Yeah, that was decent. Acts 16.25 gives us some insight. Paul and Silas in prison for sharing Jesus. They've been beaten, thrown in prison. Here's what scripture says, Acts 16, 25. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. Who does that? That's a little, yeah, that's what they were doing. In the midst of their bad circumstances, in the midst of their being opposed, in the midst of rejection, in the midst of all these hard things, what are they doing? Connecting to Jesus. Worshiping. But here's what we can miss And the prisoners were listening to them. I wrote it out this way How we respond to opposition, hardships, and circumstances matters because they're watching. People are watching us, your neighbors are watching you. How do you respond when things don't go your way? How do you respond when you face the kinds of challenges that everyone who lives on the earth experiences? How do you respond? How do you respond? Your connection to Jesus and your connection with each other goes a long way to how you make your connection with the world. Let me put it to you this way. We're expressions of Jesus in the earth, and we are his representatives to the people of the earth. question to ask ourselves is, how accurately are we representing him? Are we giving a clear picture? Let me put it this way as we conclude today. His message, his methods, and his mission are now ours. They're ours. As the body of Christ, as the church, we're not here to tell people what we think ought to be. We're not here... To represent ourselves, we're here to represent the one that we have become connected to and has forever changed our lives, who has given us purpose and meaning and potential beyond what we could see in ourselves. We're here to represent him. We are his ambassadors. So let me ask you these three questions. Number one, are we connected to Jesus as our source and our guide for our lives? Check your connection. Number two, are we connected with other believers or are we trying to do this thing alone? Check your connection. Number three, are we connecting with the world as representatives of him or are we substituting our preferences? I want to pray for us this morning and I'm going to do it in reverse order of these questions. I'm going to start with question number three. Are we connecting with the world? as representatives of Jesus? Do people that you work with, do people that, you, uh, that live in your neighborhood, do people that you maybe go to school with, people that you work with in some capacity, your relationships, do they see Jesus being represented to them? I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you are here today and you say, Bill, I know I'm not really connected to my world in the way I should be. I tend to substitute my preferences for what his message is. I want grace, but I want them to get what they got coming. If that's you today, I want you to just ask the Lord, maybe just open up your heart and your hands and just say, Lord, forgive me for that. I want to make the right connection with those around me. I can't do that without you. I need your grace and your mercy. I need to be reminded how much you love me, but also how much you love them. Maybe you're here today, and I'm going to ask you this question. Are you connected with those around you or have you been disconnected? Have you allowed something petty to separate you from other believers? Are you going it alone? Are you isolated? I want to encourage you today that if that's you, Father, I pray that each of us would look honestly at our need for each other, that we could value one another for who you made us and called us to be that we could look past what we know about each other and begin to see what you see in each of us. Help us today to guard if there's some issue that we've allowed to separate us, that we would take the next steps to see that restored. And then, very importantly here today, are you connected to Jesus as your source and your guide in life? Friend, if not, this is your opportunity today. If you do not have a personal connection to Jesus, you can today. Just pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I know I have messed up. I know I don't have that personal connection with you, but I want it. Thank you that you lived that you died and you rose again, so that I could have life. I believe you are the Son of God. I give you my life, and I will live for you the rest of my days, in Jesus' name. With heads still bowed and eyes still closed, if you prayed that prayer here in this room or online, I want to ask you just to look up at me. If you prayed that prayer that I just prayed for a personal connection with Jesus, just look up here for a moment at home and online. We are so excited that you made this decision. It's the greatest decision for you to make today, to get connected to Jesus. We're so proud of you. We celebrate you all. Heaven celebrates but it would be cruel of us to just bring you to that introductory point with Jesus and not offer you some information on your next steps. We want to hear about that decision, so if you wouldn't mind, would you just take out your phone and just text us something very simple. Just text the words, I prayed, all one word, to 844-HRC-TEXT. 844-HRC-TEXT. You know what, if you'll do that, we will reach back out to you with some information to give you next steps of what's next in this relationship with Jesus that you began today. High Ridge family, would you look up here today? We are so glad that you're here. I'm so glad that you chose to, to attend and for everyone who attended here online with us today. I want to speak a blessing over you. Would you stand with me? We're going to pray over you as you go out. In just a moment, I'm going to ask the elders and their wives and also going to ask... Uh, Pastor Doug, if he would be available, we have some people traveling and out, so we want to make sure we have enough folks here that if you need prayer today, don't leave today without taking advantage of the opportunity for someone to pray for you. Okay? Let me bless you. Father, I thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, God, that we can be connected to you today. Thank you, God, that we can be connected to each other. And thank you, God, that we can be connected to our world and make a difference because of what you have done in each of us. Lord, I speak a blessing over every household, every family, every individual in this room and online. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon.